Good morning and welcome to High Point Online. My name is Amy and it's so great to be with you today. Today, I wanna talk to you about a firm foundation in Jesus. How many of you have ever gone somewhere or seen something that looked just a little bit off? Maybe it was a picture hanging on a wall. Maybe it was like a statue or something that somebody had created, but it was just tilting a little bit off or the wrong way. Several years ago, um, when I lived in Nashville, Tennessee, Tennessee, excuse me, I was a real estate agent, and I had some clients that wanted to go look at a house way out in the country um, in an area that I wasn't familiar with, so I was like, okay, they had all these things that they wanted on their list, this many rooms, this, you know, in the, in the wooded hills of Tennessee, and so we found a place, and I thought, wow, this is pretty perfect, so I beat them there, I pulled up to the house, I'm in the driveway, And while I'm waiting for them to arrive, side note, this was like total bizarre. Uh, I look up and I see something moving in the woods and I'm like, there's a bear. It wasn't a bear. It was a man with a raccoon skinned hat with no shirt on and a belt that had like four dead squirrels attached to it. I should have known from that moment forward that this was not going to be the house for these people. So the clients arrive and we go into the house and it's actually checking off every box that they're wanting on their wish list. It's, it's pretty perfect, honestly. And we get to the point where we walk into the main living space of the house and this was not subtle. It was actually quite obvious that the floor was completely slanted. It was completely slanted. You could literally put a marble at the top and it wasn't like one of those like, Just wait for it. It's going to start rolling. I mean, it was like speed racer to the other side of the room. And the problem was that the foundation was off. Everything looked right. Everything checked the boxes, but the foundation was off. And when, you know, you can get a house inspection, right? You can get things done and you can have a structural engineer come out and make sure everything looks right when you're, when you're buying a house. But what about when we're spiritually looking at our foundations? How can we tell if something's off, if there's a crack in it? And so this series, Firm Foundation, we've been learning about how to build a solid foundation in this faith. Pastor Andy recognized sin and taught us about sin. And we're going to go into a little bit more depth of that today. But he also said that if we don't understand the magnitude of the problem, we'll never understand the magnificence of the solution. So let's go over the problem for a minute. Here's the problem. Sin. God made man. God made, this is mankind today. This is going to be Mr. Mankind. Okay. God made man, Adam and Eve, and he made them unblemished, perfect, in a perfect setting, the Garden of Eden. And what happens is he says, you can have anything you want except this. Well, Adam and Eve decided they would go for the one thing that God told them not to have, And what did that do? That brought sin into their hearts. It brought sin into the world. And from that point forward, sin has existed. It's existed in me. It's existed in you. It's existed in all of mankind because that's where it started. So when we we even look at Romans 3.23, it says, All men have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So there's not one of us that's exempt from having sin in us. Okay, so I'm a hands-on learner, so I thought that this would be a really great time for us to get an idea, a good picture of what that actually means. So I know everybody here understands what it's like to have a beautifully laundered shirt, 
crisp, clean, nothing touched. You know when you go to the store and you're like, I got my new shirt on, you are like uber careful to not eat anything that is remotely close to getting on your clothes. I haven't learned this lesson super well. I constantly get little <laughs> spots on my new clothes. I'm sorry, Andy. Um, but one of the things that I want to highlight to you is let's start at the beginning with sin. Okay, so sin is in our nature. We are born with it in our nature. So I thought the best thing to represent sin would be oil because this is the thing that always gets on my new clothes. So we're just gonna we're just gonna let mankind get some oil all over him. Mr. Man, you are covered. We're just going to start pouring it on. Beautiful. And you know, the thing about oil is that when it gets in your clothes, like it gets really in there. So we're just going to like I know you thought that you were getting a cooking segment today, but <laughs> surprise. So this is our sin nature. We're born with sin. The oil represents our sin nature. But something else we've learned is that sin is also a choice that we make. We're put, tons of options are put in front of us on a daily basis, right? And we have the power to make the choice of what we're going to do. Well, sin is a choice. So first thing I'm going to do is I'm just going to, help Mr. Mankind um, with some of his sin issues. We're gonna say just hurtful words. We're gonna Sharpie Mr. Sin. Sharpie, Sharpie marker. Kids, don't do this at home. Mom and dad will be really upset. Okay, we got Mr. Sharpie Sin. Uh, maybe, maybe some of those words, you know, just keep repeating. So we'll just put, there we go. There, does it look like a piece of art yet? So we have hurtful words that we say to each other. We also can do things like be jealous of people. Um, jealousy is a sin. And when we can't celebrate somebody else and we can't be excited for someone else, it really just stinks. Hmm. Mmm, that looks amazingly gross. There we go. There's some jealousy for us today. What else can we what else can we talk about today? We can talk about envy. Put that right with it. They kind of go together a little bit. Mmm. Yes. Okay. Jealousy and envy. How about um, I mean, we'll talk about some of the big ones. We'll talk about murder. There's some violence. Yeah, violence, murder. Um, how about being unfaithful, you know, to your spouse? Ooh, this doesn't even have a little spout. So there we go. There's our buffalo sauce because, I mean, I'm not trying to get stained right now. Okay, uh, we have murder. We have envy. We have stepping out in our marriage. How about my will over God's will? A little bit. We'll put this in the pocket. There we go. My will. It's right over your heart. Perfect. My will over God's will. I think that sounds about right. You know, when you try to make your decisions, you think this is better than what God would have for me. Or maybe an addiction. Addiction is one of those things, too, that's just cyclical. And that's the thing, too, about our choices, our sinful choices, is that we can make a choice one day to be, to, to do something, and it creates 
an addiction and causes more sin and more sin and more sin. And then it just becomes the cycle and it's completely impossible to break. Addiction. There are probably many things that you could think of today that I haven't even said. But I think what we're getting the idea and a good picture of is what sin does to us. We'll just put more in the pocket there. Mmm. Yes, mankind. So here we are. What do y'all think? What do we think of Mr. Mankind? I'm thinking not only does he look a hot mess, he's also very smelly. (laughs) You can't smell this at home, but caramel, chocolate, ketchup, mustard, and buffalo sauce really do a number for the nose. (laughs) So sin This is a good picture of what sin looks like. We've got that oil base, that sin nature, and now we've got the mess of choices that we make. And so what do we try to do when we look in the mirror and we see our sinful self? We we look at it and go, okay, um, I can actually, I can fix this. Let me get my tide to go. Okay, and you try to tide to go it, you know, and... (laughs) That ain't going to work, okay? And then you look at it and you're like, well, if I could just maybe like scrape like some of it off like this maybe, and then you just make it worse, guys. Like you try to fix the problem, oh, and you just make it worse. And then there's just this big soupy pile of nasty, okay? So that's not going to work. And then we try to shout it out. We're like, okay, I know what I'll do. I'll put Forget the shout. Give me the OxyClean. I'm going to make my life better. I'm going to change my behavior. I'm going to start just showing up and going to church, or I'm going to, um, you know, make a choice to be, you know, nicer today, or I'm just going to let that issue between me and my friends, it's going to die down. I'm just going to put this in the wash like eight times and I'll be better. And what happens when we do that, right? It probably will lighten the stain a little bit. It'll probably take a little bit of the issue out of the cloth, right? It it might make this fade a little bit, but what's still happening is it's still there. The stain of sin isn't something that we can just oxyclean out of our lives or hit with some shout and see if maybe that works. I love those Tide commercials, by the way, when it shows like a kid's baseball pants and it's like, it could, you know, it looks like this. And then they put it in there and I'm like, y'all haven't played in Georgia red clay. Okay. Anyways. So here we are. We got our sin. Now we tried to get the sin out ourselves. We tried to remove the stains ourselves and it didn't really work. We've washed it eight times and the sin is still there. So then what do we do? This is where This is where sin is so tricky is because you see something's not right. No matter what I do, I cannot get this right. So what do we do? We cover up. We just put a cute little jean jacket over Mr. Mankind's shirt and we try to cover it up. Maybe a scarf, maybe a cute beanie. Maybe we layer just a few more things on it and we hide it. Nobody can see it. And we look really great to everybody else around us. But at the end of the day, when the layers come off, when the mask is put down, what are we left with? We're left with the sin 
we're left with this stain of sin, this imperfect mess. And all in our own strength, we have tried and tried and tried to make it better. I don't know about you, but when I feel a mess or if I feel like something's out of my control, I try to make something better. If it's not washing a shirt eight times, it's I go and I do yard work or I reorganize a closet. And then I feel much better because, ah, I got something done. It's cleaner. But when I go back to the end of the day and I sit in my bed, the same thing is still there. The same thing is still there. And what we really need instead of making this look better is we need a brand new shirt. That's what we really need. So let me introduce you to Jesus. Give me just a second. Hey, Jesus. Here he is. Look at that. So here's Jesus. Now, I would like to just do a side-by-side comparison of us and Jesus. I think it's pretty obvious that they're very different. Similar, right? We still have the same shape, but we look very different. You see, a lot of people forget the fact that, yes, humans, we were born with, through Adam and Eve, so that sin nature is in us. But Jesus actually wasn't born from a man and a woman on earth. God sent an angel and told Mary, you're going to have a son and his name is going to be Jesus. And people are going to call him wonderful, counselor, mighty God, prince of peace, everlasting father. He's going to do great and mighty things, and he is the savior of the world. And so instead of Jesus having an earthly father like we do, Jesus had his heavenly father. And so that sin nature, that oil base that we see in Mr. Mankind, it's not in this. It can't exist. It says God made him who had no sin come to be sin for us. And I think it's important that we don't neglect the truth here in that God sent Jesus in the form of man. The shirts, they're the same base. Jesus came in the flesh. He looked like us. He sounded like us, but he didn't live like us. And this is where the big difference comes in. This is why we have to look at Jesus and, and ask God, well, what in the world, Lord, then what do we do now? God didn't send Jesus just to be like, see what you could have had? See how it could have been? You could have been perfect. You could have been stainless. You could have been sinless, but you decided to make those choices. So here's Jesus, and then Jesus goes away? Absolutely not. God sent Jesus for a purpose. Let's figure out what that purpose is. For years, people would come. To, to priests. They would come to the tabernacle and they knew that they were messy. They knew that they were full of sin. They knew that they were gross and smelly. <laughs> they knew that there were issues that they could not um, fix. And so they would bring offerings to the Lord and they would say, Lord, forgive me. Here's my offering. Lord, I've tried the oxyclean. I've tried to shout it out. I've tried to rewash. I've tried to, you know, change my behavior. I've tried to practice saying positive quotes every single day, but for whatever reason, I don't feel completely renewed. So here's my offering. This is what people would bring uh, to the priest. They would bring their offerings before the Lord. And no matter how many offerings they brought, it still didn't solve the problem. Acts 4.12 says salvation is found in nobody else. 
There is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. So when people would bring their offerings to the Lord, it wasn't just like a one and done deal. You had to continuously bring offerings to just try to make amends for the mess that, Lord, I know like the sin nature is in me, but I also know that I have made some really dumb choices that have not only affected me, but the people around me. Um, I've lost my marriage over this. I've lost my job over this. I've lost my friends over these decisions. And so I'm just going to bring you everything that I can. And people would bring them to the tabernacle. You might bring them every morning you wake up. You might be saying these things at home, uncertain of what to do, trying to make amends for the mess that you are, for the mess that we are, trying to do good deeds, trying to to earn something to feel better on the inside. And what happened is even years ago, years and years ago, people would bring their offerings and the priest who We'll just pretend that I'm the priest. The priest would stand and he would perform these sacrifices and have these ceremonies for people to offer their, you know, basically, Lord, please forgive me offerings to God. And they would stand and they would perform their their duties. And then the day would end and they'd come back in and they would do it. But here's what's amazing is the priest never sat down while he did his job. Now, listen to this. Let's go to Hebrews 10, 10 through 14. We have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Christ once for all. So all these little offerings that people have been bringing to God, he's saying, nope, once for all. Check this out. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sin. He did this day after day and he stood every time he did it because standing showed that the work wasn't finished. Now listen to this. Uh, Verse 12, it says, but when this priest, we refer to Jesus as the high priest, when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice himself for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool for by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. He sat down, why? Because the work was finished. It was complete. Listen to this, Romans 3, 23 through 24. It says, since we have compiled. Now this is the message version. So you've got to really love the way they word this. Since we've compiled this long and sorry record as sinners, both us and them, meaning all people, and proved that we are utterly incapable of living the glorious lives God wills for us. We are utterly incapable, number one, to live perfectly. And number two, to get the stain of sin out of us when we sin. We are incapable of it absolutely impossible. It goes on to say that God did it for us out of his love and sheer generosity. He put us in right standing with himself, a pure gift. He got us out of this mess. We're in and restored us to where he always wanted us to be. He did it by the means of Jesus Christ. 
hear this today. Jesus didn't come to use the shouted out spray and the OxyClean in your life to make you better. He came to make you brand new, brand new. He came not only to show you that he is son of God, miracle in the flesh. He came because God loves you so much. And God said, when sin, when sin entered the world through mankind, it created this massive chasm between me, well, between God and mankind. And God knew that there had to be a solution. And for years, the solution for people, they thought, was, let's just bring sacrifices. Let's just try to do this in our own. And God said, nope, I'm going to do this one and final time. I'm going to send my son who I love so much. But because I love you messy, smelly sinners even more, I'm going to have him sacrifice. And now what we're looking at is we're not looking at Jesus didn't come to be a good example. He didn't come to like encourage us and be a cute little quote on our refrigerator. He came to exchange places with us. He came to make us brand new. He didn't say, here's here are some tactics you can use to try to make yourself feel better. He said, no, the one tactic is me. Put your faith in me. Believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that I am Lord and you will be saved. And not only will your time on this earth be filled with victory, it doesn't say our lives will be perfect, but we can have victorious lives because Jesus died for us. We understand that we have been saved from our wretched selves, from our sin. And now because he lives in me, not only am I victorious in this life, but the promise is that when this life ends, my eternity is with him. You see, this is the part of the story that I think a lot of people, including myself, can forget. When sin entered the world through man, the result of that sin is death, ultimately. Us humans don't live forever. We're not immortal. Every person will, their life will come to an end at some point. And when Jesus came, he decided, God decided, the best thing for him to do would be to trade places with us for Jesus to die, but not stay dead. See, the very thing, the last thing that basically is like the final straw for us when it comes to just having our sin nature is death. Jesus overcame that too. And so now we see Jesus came to live a life we can never live. And he died a death that we could never die because he conquered death and he came back. The beauty of this whole story for you and for me is that we really are such a mess and gross and sticky and marked some by our own decisions and maybe some from things that we've experienced that's out of our control. But the promise that you need to, to lean on today is that with our sin, we're not entitled to salvation. But God loved you and me so much that he said, I'm going to give you this gift. I'm going to send Jesus to come and trade places. So then what happens? 
Jesus puts on the mess and we put on a clean white shirt. Mm. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know where you're at with your faith. <laughs> I'm not sure what kind of mess you have going on. But you need to hear that regardless of what you're dealing with, regardless of what you're facing, the choices that you've made in your past and the things that you're thinking about for the future, God loves you so much that he sent Jesus not to just make you better, but to make you new. And the option to be made new is right in front of us. To pray and ask Jesus not only to come into our heart, but to be our Savior, to live for him, to live this life surrendered to him. The thing that moves me the most is that he didn't just do that for our shirt, our messy shirt. He did that for all of mankind. That's why when Jesus went and died on the cross, the weight was so heavy spiritually because he took all this mess piled over and over and over and over again because it wasn't just my mess that he died for. It was yours and it was everybody else's. I hope that today, this is, if there's a crack in the foundation spiritually and you've been walking around thinking that there's no hope to get out of this, there is, and it's in Jesus. And maybe you've been walking in the church for a long time. Maybe you've been, you know, practicing Christianity for some time, but you have fallen prey to believing that you can't be victorious in this life and that you constantly have to work to earn God's love. There's nothing you can do to earn it. He did everything that needed to be done. The choice is ours. Let's pray. Father, I thank you right now, God, for the truth that is clear before us in this moment. God, I thank you that we don't have to stay in the mess that we're in. God, that we don't have to do things in our own strength or try in our own ability to make something right or to make our lives better. God, there's not anything that we can do to make you love us more or love us less. God, would you make that truth real to us today? Jesus, I pray for those who've been walking with you for a long time, God, who've been cloaked in shame, God, who've been carrying around those extra things to try to hide up their past Lord, I pray that they would be free right now, God, and fully believe that you've made them new. And God, I pray for those right now who haven't put their faith in you, who maybe are watching from the sidelines and curious. I pray right now, God, that they would hear this. They would hear this story, God, and they would respond. Thank you that you draw us into relationship with you through your kindness and through your love. You are a God that loves us so much. We just say thank you today. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>